What's up, everybody, and welcome to the very first inaugural episode of the Remote Gaming Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Joseph King, and joining me is my other host, Kevin Corkum. What is up, everyone? Joseph, how you doing? Good, man. How are you, sir? Living the dream. <laughs> what, are we do- what, what, what are we doing here? We are doing a gaming podcast. We thought it would be a good idea to start. We've been playing, oh man, video games now together for three or four. Four, three years probably 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 coming up on four yeah i mean probably coming up on four when, when did when did uh when friday did the 13th, friday the 13th, come, 13th out, yeah. come out yeah <laughs> uh yeah so whenever that came out because we uh we were both following greg miller at the time i think who was uh playing friday the 13th and he was looking for people to play with and we both posted on there and then we were like you know what screw it let's just get our own game going so we jumped in and uh We've been playing games together ever since. Playing video games ever since. We've actually, if you're listening, we've actually never met in real life. Yes. We're just uh, good friends through the virtuality, alternate realities of the internet. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we decided to do a gaming podcast. Uh, we're kind of bring you guys just uh, news info, anything that's a hot topic of the week, um, any kind of questions, concerns. Uh, that pop up, leaks, all that kind of stuff. We'll be discussing things, uh, just, you know, your general gaming podcast. And then each week we'll try to bring you guys one core topic uh, to discuss. Uh, We'll actually have a core topic this week as well. Um, But yeah, that's pretty much the gist of what we're going to try to do here. Yeah, we thought we could... Yeah, we thought we could... uh, offer a different perspective. Uh, A lot of the gaming podcasts that you hear are... You know, people that are in the industry and very well connected and uh, I think oftentimes uh, through no fault of their own can kind of get disconnected from what it's like to be a uh, quote unquote normal gamer, uh, someone who pays for all of their games and, uh, you know, can't always get the the latest and greatest, although both of us generally grab the big releases that are out and play them anyways. Um, we thought we would be able to offer an interesting perspective and, and a different corner of the space than than they are and kind of uh you know uh, cultivate an audience of gamers that um maybe you know can't spend all the money on the brand new title and are still playing destiny 2 you know like both of us are we still play that and, <laughs> you know and we have that other side where you hear these podcasts and they're always talking about how they feel stressed right because they're always they have to stay current and they have to leave games behind but we're still playing games that are games of services. So. I mean, yeah, there's there's tons of games that you, me, you and I both keep up on that we don't even play. And, you know, another aspect of it could, to kind of talk about, like, you know, why should you as a listener listen to us over other podcasters, other gaming podcasts uh, like Kevin touched on? We're not in the gaming industry. We both have our uh, full time jobs. Uh, you know, we are kind of removed. We, we're all we are gamers at a core. And that's what I think that we're going to try to offer. Um, one of the main things that uh, kind of separates us from other big name gaming podcasts is none of us, neither of us is in the gaming industry. And so we, we don't have, and I, I'm not, I'm not trying to be rude to any other podcasters, but we're not biased and we're going to tell it like it is. Um, we're both big fans of Sony. I think we both have mutual respect for Xbox. I also play on PC. Kevin's in the process of building a PC. Uh, we both play Switch. Um, so we we when we tell you that we're gamers, we play pretty much everything out there. And but at the same time, if a game's bad, we're not going to sugarcoat it or kiss a company's ass. Nope. Uh, we plan on talking about some of these labor practices that are going on eventually, and just you know we we want to give it to you straight. And I think just have a general conversation. You know, I, I, I would view us as a group of guys that if you, you know, when sports are on and you're at a bar and you sit there and you're Monday morning quarterback and you, you talk and you, you analyze everything. That's kind of what we're going to do. We're just going to shoot the shit and talk about video games. Yeah, exactly. I mean, both of us, we do it anyways. We're, we're always sitting around playing something, talking about what's going on in the industry. So, uh, I think it was probably about a year after we started playing, Joseph was like, Hey man, we should, we should start a podcast. Yeah, and uh, and I was like, yeah, we you know we definitely should, and let's look into it and this and that. But 
with COVID-19 hitting, I think it gave both of us a little bit of time and we really wanted to start creating some content. So right. uh, it, everything worked out perfectly for us and we just did it. You know, we just started. So gotta, we're figuring this out. On, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have all the free time. We're figuring out along the way and we're going to always be trying to improve, bringing better content, uh, more content, whatever it might be. So we're both really excited and uh, it's going to be it's going to be a really great way for us to keep in touch, but also for everyone who's listening to stay current and have fun, you know, listen to something that they're going to enjoy listening to. Absolutely. And like you said, you know, to stay current and to keep in contact with us, we have a Twitter, check us out. Um, it is, uh, we are located on twitter.com slash remote underscore gaming 20. That is our Twitter handle, uh, remote underscore gaming 20. Uh, you can find us there and you can also email us at remote gaming podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Kevin, you know what? We're both hardcore gamers. It's easy to say that, but what got you, how did, when did you first become a hardcore gamer? What, what, what drew you to video games? What really got you into like, okay, this is going to be a hobby of mine. Yeah. So when I was a kid, uh, I was always playing video games. Always. Um, it was sports and video games. That's what I did. That is the main, that was the first 12 years of my life for sure. I was either outside kicking the soccer ball, shooting a basketball, or I was inside playing my Sega Genesis, uh, which much love and respect for that system. Sega kid. So you were a Sega (laughs) kid before NES or Super NES? I was. I was a Sega kid. My next console, well, I had a Game Boy, of course. So I was a Nintendo kid in that sense. I had all the Game Boys, the Game Boy, the regular uh, color, Advance. And uh, I never got the SP, but that was because I loved my advance so much. I never felt like I wanted to upgrade. Um, and so I had those. Damn screen was so dark though. It was very dark. Did you ever have the I little the light? light. Yeah, I, yeah. It was horrible. It, it would make it more blurry. If you played in a completely dark room, it was more blurry than. I remember sitting in the back of my mom's car while she was driving and angling it so that the street lights <laughs> would hit it. Yeah. Yeah, as I was in the back seat, it did. It worked way better. So I had that, and then I got a Dreamcast. And I'd say right around the Game Boy Dreamcast is when I would consider myself hardcore. I was buying, I mean, anything my parents would let me buy, I had and was playing religiously all the time. With, Does any one game stick out to where it was like, okay, this is like, this is more than just okay. I'm going to play a video game on a Saturday afternoon. Now I'm like going to, I'm I got to beat this game. You know, Pokemon. Like Pokemon, which Pokemon one? was that game? Pokemon Yellow. That was Yellow. the game for me. I couldn't put it down. I thought about it all the time. Wanted to play more. Always wanted to level up the Pokemon. Wanted to, you know, catch them all and all that kind of stuff. It it took over any free time I had. Uh, I was always playing that game. That was did you probably. The cards too? I did. I collected the cards. I had so I had so many cards. Oh my god! I mean, books and books of those cards that I gave away at some point. Uh, which I should have kept because I'm sure I had some valuable ones in there. Not to get off topic real quick, but you touched on it. So I, I have to, you know, whatever happened to your cards, I had like one of the worst things ever happened to me. Um, one of the first packs I ever opened, it was on Christmas Day. I can't remember how old I was. I think it was like 12 or 11 or something. And I had inside that pack. I mean, this was when Pokemon first kind of was starting to get popular in the U.S. I had a first edition Charizard. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Those things are like, I think they're like five grand yeah. now. Uh-huh. And so I had that and it was beautiful. And I was showing it off to all these kids at school. And there was this like kid who was kind of a bully, but not really. And he tricked me into like he manipulated my dumb little brain because I had just started collecting them to tell me that this regular holographic Venusaur was better than the first edition Charizard. And I traded for it. He full out duped you. Oh, he did. It was <laughs> the guy's probably selling cars in the Bay area somewhere right now. Just oh, I- people off. <laughs> He's a used yeah. car salesman. That's great. And then, and then my mom got rid of all my Pokemon cards in a garage sale. So. Ooh, really? She did the garage sale. I mean, that's how a lot of people, people who collect Pokemon cards will go to garage sales to yeah, find, find them. them. Yeah. 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 They're crazy. What What about you? What was the first game that you remember really thinking that this was of super passion for you? 
So I loved video games from an early age. Um, the first console I ever had was an NES, um, and Super Mario Brothers three was the first video game I ever played. And I liked, I, I was too young at the time. That game is notoriously, it's one of the, it's one of the harder, it's definitely the hardest Mario game. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's in the realm of a harder NES game. Like, I mean, like Ninja Gaiden and Mega Man and Castlevania obviously are harder, but, uh, it, it wasn't an easy game. So I never beat it or anything. And, you know, then I had a Sega and then I had a PlayStation. I, I would always get a game system, but I never like was obsessed with it. I never kept playing it over and over again or anything like that. The very first game I remember uh, was in 1990. I actually got it in 99. The game came out in 98. Okay. Um, it was like a movie. I had never seen anything like it before. And it had this grizzled war hero that was infiltrating this base in Alaska and it was called Metal Gear Solid. And it was just the most amazing game video game I've ever played at the time. And it that game got me into video games. That made me the gamer that I am today. Because after that, you know, I wanted to play uh, the sequel when the PlayStation 2 came out. I started uh, playing other video games that were kind of similar, like Siphon Filter. Um, anything third-person shooter I was all about. And so, like, you know... Uh, so that really started it and I had the PlayStation two. And then I took a lot, like most of the PS three era, I was just so wrapped up in high school and, uh, that I, I didn't play much until after I graduated. And then I became, I would consider myself a hardcore gamer once I graduated high school. Okay. But I was kept in touch, but yeah, the Metal Gear Solid was probably that one game for me for sure. I think it was that game for a lot of people. I, I think that's oh, yeah. a pretty common game that, you know, really turned the tides because it was, I mean, it was revolutionary at the time. It, it is one of the most, like you said, one of it's, it's like eventually we do plan on doing a topic of our, of the most influential video games. Uh, today we're going to discuss our Kevin has five and I have five of my own uh, top favorite video games of all time. Um, but we're also going to do like most influential. And I think Metal Gear Solid is probably going to be on both of our lists for that right there. It's actually um, not on mine. I've, no, well, I no, have no not, not for favorite or influential. Oh, oh, influential. Saying, would you consider yeah, influential? Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not um, on my best. It's not on my favorite either. I, I'm not a big Metal Gear guy. I played some of, I don't remember which one It's on the PSP and uh, it, it just wasn't for me at the time. I don't know what it was. It was probably, just that I was in high school and didn't have a lot of time to appreciate or sit down and really dive in deep. But I mean, it, no question. It's not a question. It's one of the most influential games of all time. Seriously. Do you have a a favorite? Like, I mean, I know now, like you're so, I know, I know you as a gamer, like you're so well-rounded and well-versed, but do you have any particular genre that sticks out as your favorite genre? Ooh, my favorite genre. I I love third person action games. Um, It's probably why I, I love a lot of the Sony exclusives so much. Uh, I just, I really do like that third person feel. I've, I always have since probably, I don't know, Battlefront 2 that came out on the PS2, Battlefront 1 and 2. I, I really liked the way those played because they were different. I played a lot of GoldenEye and stuff like that with my friends. And I always liked first person shooters. I still do. But I'm a sucker for a really good third person shooter. Like, and now does it have to be like an on rails online type game? Or do you, are you more of the, third person action adventure story like uncharted god of war type thing i would single say player. i would say it's single player mainly uh I, I mean i still keep up with battlefront 2 to this day i jump on and play a little bit just because i have an, a yearning for that third person type shooter and obviously you can play either first or third person in that game right I mean, I don't know anybody that plays first person because you're at such a disadvantage with the field of view but mm-hmm. i'm sure people do um i i I just like the way they control better. I like being able to see my character in that way. I feel a little bit more connected to whoever I'm playing. I feel like rather than being the first person, uh, depending on what, I mean, obviously when you play Skyrim, you can bounce back between, you know, two, which I always liked in that game because you are playing a character that is you create and that you very clearly are attached to in some way because you are making the choices in that sense. I don't mind it being first person or third person or anything like that. But when it comes to, I just, I love that third person over the shoulder type view. I don't know. I don't know what it is. 
For sure. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same way. Like I I think majority of the things that I play today, uh, I think is mainly due to like time constraints and stuff like that. But mm. um, majority of the games I play today are competitive, you know, first person shooters. I play yes. a lot of Call of Duty. I play Destiny 2. Uh, I like to try to get into Trials of Osiris and the competitive side of that. Um, you know, Overwatch. I love first person shooters, but heart to heart. Like, I mean, if I'm being completely honest, the one genre that I love is those third person action adventure games with a good story. Like to me, video games have always been, um, I've always said that a video game for people that are always like, well, it's just a video game, you know, Uh, why I don't get it, you know, play a game like God of war or the last of us, um, pretty much any Sony first party exclusive game, just, to kind of give you an idea of how great of a story it is. I've always linked um, video games more to books than movies. Um, I, 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 I feel like it's a book being played out in front of me because when you read a book, you're, you're getting all the little minute details of that character's life, the ins and outs, what they're thinking. Uh, with the video game, it's not like a movie, a movie you sit there and you watch the whole thing. Um, now there are some video games that play like a movie, uh, walking simulators, you know, David Cage games, like, Detroit become human mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But um, the action adventure games that have a good story, man, that you can, those can't be beat. And it's just, it's nice to get away and it. it, it it's really a stress release um, to just, you know, be like a good role-playing game, Skyrim, the Witcher, things like that. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think that video games is an escape and I think it's an amazing escape because you're, you are involved. I always like to be doing something, And I think that video games gives me that perfect balance between relaxing, detaching from whatever's going on that day and being completely involved in something else. For sure. While making sure that I'm, you know, the outcome is something that I'm inputting, you know, I'm always, I'm always moving the character. I'm always doing this. I'm making choices. I'm going here. I'm doing there. I love that kind of stuff. Keeps me engaged. I really like to be engaged and video games, I think, engage people in a way that movies can't and TV can't. And I think that's why it's such a special medium. For sure. For sure. It's, it's, uh, if I wish, I mean, obviously the majority of people that are going to listen to us are obviously going to be interested in video games, but I wish I could reach out to people that aren't gamers and turn them into them. Like my wife, for one, she hasn't played video games really. I mean, but we'll, we'll sit and we'll play games on the switch. We, she loves street fighter. We, we, you know, we play uh, smash to see who's going to do the dishes. Um, <laughs> so but I, you know, one of the first things we ever did um, when we first started dating is we started, we sat down and we played, I, she watched me play The Last of Us Remastered. Um, and she was just kind of blown away because she didn't know that video games could be so in depth and have such a good story. And she loved it so much that she agreed when I suggested it after we had our first child together uh, to name our daughter Ellie after Ellie from The Last of Us. So Obviously, they can have an impact on people that don't really play them as well. Yeah, you know? of course. And uh, The Last of Us and and games of that stature and that nature, uh, they're they play a huge impact, and they are extremely extremely impactful. I mean, I there's very few movies that have moved me emotionally uh, like The Last of Us has. You know, it's just from start to finish, it's amazing. It grasps you through the gameplay, everything. It's perfect, uh, in my opinion. It's close to perfect to the game that you can get. And that's why game, you know, that is an experience that is very difficult to get anywhere else than a video game. For sure. And I think we're in for a wild ride next month when the second one comes out. So it's going to be a great year. This, this may like looking at like seeing the Tony Hawk's uh, pro skater one and two remake that they're doing. Um, you know, you have ghost of Tsushima, last of us Two, cyberpunk, cyberpunk. Uh, what else is coming out this year? That's oh, huge. Oh God. Um, There's still a few more releases, I think. Yeah, there are. I just think this is going to be one of those big years for video games. It's definitely, it's going to be a crazy, it's going to be probably the best year in gaming to close out a console generation. I agree. And no better time for it than when everybody's for the most part is stuck at home and quarantining and trying to stay healthy and stay safe. It's a perfect excuse to yeah, sit and, down and game, you know. I think Halo is coming out this year too. You're right. It is. I think that's so, the other one. So yeah, uh, I think what we're going to do now, we're going to shift gears a little bit, and so this is going to be the point in the podcast that we're going to bring to you weekly, where we're going to bring up our main topic. Uh, the first, you know, twenty minutes or so, we'll cover the news and whatnot. Um, today, we're just going to get right into uh, our top five favorite video games 
of all time. I think uh, we'll just start with uh, five, and, and I'll you do you do your five. I'll do my five. Okay. Do you want to go from? You do you want to go top four. to bottom? You want to go like five up to the top, or do you want to go from the top down? I think five up to the top. It keeps that interest going, and I think you know. Let's trade off. Let's say like uh, you give your five, I'll give my five. You give four, I'll give four. Okay, perfect. You do that. Yep, okay, absolutely. So, so, what's your number five favorite video game of all time? Okay, so I sent I sent you a list last night, and I changed it a little bit because I I was up. I went to bed and I was up for I don't even know like an hour and a half thinking about this list, thinking going through all the games that I played from when I was a kid, you know, really young up until pretty recent, uh, I would say. And my list changed a bunch. So uh, my number five game on the list is Super Smash Brothers for the N64. Okay. In my opinion. the, The OG Smash. The OG Smash. In my opinion, you cannot catch lightning in a bottle like that game. It did so many things so well on that system. And it brought so many people together. It brought me closer with my friends. We were always after school, I'd be running over to my friend's house to play smash. And we just sit there and play for like three hours. And it, it captures that competitive edge, which I love about gaming, the fun craziness that gaming has the bringing people together. It, it, in my opinion, around that time, it was amazing. There was nothing well, there, else there was like no, it. Yeah, there was nothing like it. it. It was nobody had seen those licenses all put together. Who was the original roster? What was that? That was so the was original Pikachu, roster was Mario. Uh huh. Pikachu, Mario, Luigi was an unlockable character. Ness was an unlockable character. Uh, Samus or Samus, however you want to say it. Um, let me see who else was on there. Um, uh, we said I Pichu. Samus. I think Pichu was on there, right? And I think no, Pichu. I think that was Melee. Was that Melee? I get yeah. the. I mean, I played so much Melee. Smash. Now Fox okay. was on there. Fox was okay. on there, and let me see. Uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head what the other characters were. There's only a few more. It was a pretty small roster. It was only I want to say 12 or 16 fighters at the beginning there for the first match, which is why when Melee came out and they had like I don't well, even know. I mean, many. at the time the N64, that's all you needed. It was plenty to like you know get some friends together, and uh, I remember. Uh, playing that with my stepbrother and that definitely we there were real fights started because of that yes absolutely my friend would get pissed if i didn't if if one of us won you know four or five games in a row shit went down it went down Mm -hmm. we were not happy you know you wanted to win you had that competitive fire and you would you'd settle things like you said you and your wife do you'd settle it and smash you right. just would, you know, you would settle it in a game of this or settle. I want to play football later and you want to play soccer later. All right, well, let's play a game of smash for it and see who wins. And then we'll all play that game. You know, it, it had that gravitas to it. It was a fantastic game. That's my number five. And look what it started. I mean, like it is one of the top esports today uh, with the new smash that's out for the Nintendo switch. Uh, the, the, I don't play online because that's like that and Mortal Kombat are like the two fighting, like any fighting game in general, you can't play online. If you're just, even if you're a hardcore gamer, but you're not like a hardcore, like fighting, Fighter. like though that the people that you're playing online on those games, that's all they play. Yep. It is. <laughs> it's a different community. The fighting game community is wild. Absolutely Crazy. wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A great, great, great pick for number five, not on my list, but it is definitely, I would regard that as one of the best video games ever made for sure. Um, my number five uh, is a game. We share the same birth date um, in Japan. It came, it was released in uh, 1988 in the Americas. But my number five, uh, just because he is my favorite video game character of all time, is Mega Man 2 for the NES. Um, there, I, It was tough for me because Mega Man 4 is also one of my favorite games. But... Two, I know front front to back, start to finish, I can play that game and uh, beat it within probably an hour. Um, I play it once a year, maybe twice a year. I, I have the Legacy Collection on my Switch, and I'll take it to work with sometimes uh, with me and play it while I'm at work and uh, whenever I get downtime. And it's definitely, uh, as far as platformers go, it ha- it's the epitome of what a run-and-gun shooter-type platform uh, lots of games today like Hollow Knight and The Messenger, Celeste, um, 
just take a lot from the Mega Man games and those early Castlevanias and stuff like that that were on the NES that just are monumental for the gaming industry. And Mega Man 2, uh, developed by Capcom and Keiji Inafune, one of like the godfathers of gaming. Uh, he created with the Blue Bomber, one of the best video games ever made. Uh, it's notoriously hard. If you've never played a Mega Man game, they are yeah. difficult. Um, they're not some of the hardest games on the NES. Uh, once you get... I, I link in... Lincoln. I link together, uh, in my opinion. Um, Mega Man is a lot like Dark Souls. You have to, you go in, you don't know what's in the level, you're gonna die, then you figure out where that thing was that killed you is, or in Mega Man's case, a pit or whatever, and you f- figure out, okay, I need to jump this way, I need to go that way, there's spikes here, um, and then there's a boss at the end of that area, and you're going to die from the boss a lot until you figure out that boss's pattern. And so dark, that's one reason I'm such a souls fan. Cause to me, it is just straight up mega man. Um, you know, every boss has a weakness, uh, you know, the robot masters that you fight all how you get their weapon after you beat them. And you have to try to figure out which boss is weak to which weapon. And if you figure out at the beginning of the game, the metal blade can actually get you through four of the bosses, like cups through like butter and you can make that game. Real easy. We got Mega Man 2 for the NES is my number five. That's a great choice. I've never been a big Mega Man fan. I Those games that are very difficult, I often get frustrated with. I know the payout and the reward when you get it is worth it. However, for me, <laughs> yeah, the patience thing is, is big. You know, I played Bloodborne for probably two or three hours. I got to one part and I was getting my ass kicked and I was like, I'll come back to this someday. And I haven't come back to it yet. But mm-hmm. Mega Man, I've played a couple of the Mega Man games. I played Mega Man 3 for sure. I've played, I don't know. I mean, I, not like a, that was probably the only mainline Mega Man game that I played. And I liked it. I, I beat it. But it was platformers and things like that. It's never really been my jam. Uh, I, I played them on the Genesis, obviously, with, you know, games like Toy Story, things like that. Like right. that I was playing as a kid, which are actually very difficult games. Yeah, especially. they are. I don't know how I made it through those Lion King. Both of those games are really difficult, but I kind of had my fill, I think because I played so much when I was a younger lad. Right. All right. So we're going to move on to my number four, which I talked a little bit about it earlier. Pokemon yellow. Pokemon this game, yellow number four, this game to me, you know, it is a light RPG basically, right? It's nothing too complicated, nothing too difficult, but my child's first RPG. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. And that was that was what it was for me. I played it when I was I don't even I don't even really know how old I was, probably six, seven, eight, something like that, right in around that age. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was in love. I mean, uh, from catching the Pokemon to the battle system, I enjoyed the turn based to the story and the Elite Four and all that stuff. I loved it. It was to me perfect. I don't know. I at that age, it was exactly what I needed. I was reading a lot, which was, you know, cool when you're younger. I was coming in contact with words I had never seen before and ideas, and I was constantly engaged. And it was per- like I, it it was perfect in my mind. And I still go back and play it. I played it when I was in college. I, uh, I'm an actor, so I was in a show, and I had a lot of downtime during one of the shows I was in in college. And I sat back and I downloaded the ROM, and I played on my laptop. I bring That's my laptop awesome. to every single show. And I would play for it. Was, I was in a play. It was our town. It was fucking like three hours long. It was so long. And I was only in a couple scenes. So for like two hours, I would sit there and play Pokemon Yellow. And I still love it to this day. It has a flair about it. P- Pikachu follows you, which I always thought was pretty cool. I loved it. It's Did you, uh, did you get the uh, remake? Let's go Pikachu uh, for the Switch. I did. I beat that one. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I liked it. It could have been more in depth. I, I wasn't crazy about the fact that I couldn't play it docked. Yes. Like with with uh, you can play it docked or no. Yeah. Can you, you not? Can, What's I, the deal? Like you can't use the, I know you can't use a pro control. Yes. That's, I think that's what it is is you can't, well, you can, and you also, I think you can play it docked if you have the little, the little like pokeball thing. I think you have to hold the joy cons completely separate from each other. You can't put them into the little uh, thing that the attachment that comes with the switch. Yeah. I beat it all in handheld mode because I got it for Christmas when I was down in, in Texas at my girlfriend's house. So I didn't have a dock with me. So I beat the whole thing in handheld. It, it was great. It really was. It, I mean, it didn't, in my opinion, didn't have the magic that the OG one has, but mm-hmm. I still really liked it. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's a great game. It's one, it's definitely up there. It's one of my favorite games of all time too. I wasted so much time playing Pokemon Yellow. I played Red and Blue first, and um, played Yellow. Did you ever get Mew? Were oh you, yes, I got how to get. Yes, I looked it up. I, I I bought all the guides back then. So, so the way I got Mew was that Toys R Us had an event, and they they had like the master trainer that worked at Toys R Us that would <laughs> that, that was just overly. Uh, authoritative for no reason but he he had mew to give to everybody and you would hook up with the link cable and he would uh you would transfer over mew to you yeah i don't i don't remember exactly how i got it. i remember i had mew i had mew too uh or i i had so many different i st- restarted the game so many times to play through again that i'm i had all of them at one point or another um but i think i did go to toys r us i i, I remember doing that and buying the little thing that you had to connect what a what a time what a time right you had to bring your you had to bring your gaming system you had to get your mother to to drive you across town (laughs) and it's just it's archaic now but it really was i miss those days i miss those days going to the video store i would never do that again if they like that was a if that was a choice and i could still have like the way i have technology today no i would never do it again but yeah for sure i do miss those days it was simpler. Everything was simpler. And I loved it. Toys R Us, I mean, rest in peace. Uh, Toys R Us doesn't even exist anymore. So it, the whole thing was, it's the nostalgia is crazy. I, I almost had a game on the list. I had it and I took it off, which was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for the Genesis, which is basically a remake of the arcade game. And that was that game is so closely tied with Blockbuster or Hollywood video <laughs> because I would re-rent it every week. I would go in and I'd go and I'd look at all the games to play and I'd be like, you know, I just want to play this one again. I just want to play all this the young people that are listening. You used to be able to have to go if you wanted to watch a movie or play a video game, you would go and rent it from a store you'd walk into and they would have this thing called a VCR VHS tape. That you would uh, you would play. No but fancy yeah. uh, Disney Plus or Netflix. <laughs> uh, my number four Um you know, we talked about Metal Gear Solid a little bit. This game came out um, in 2002 and came out on the PlayStation 2 originally. And I was way too young at the time to play it. I was probably, I'll say I was 14 in 2001. So I was 15 in 2002. Okay. Uh, but set in the 1980s with Mr. Tommy Versetti, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Great one. Uh, my number four is Grand Theft Auto Vice City. I, I, it was probably the first game I ever truly 100 percented. Um, if you haven't 100 percented Grand Theft Auto Vice City, uh, you do all the challenges, you find all the missing packages, you do everything in that game. And it, what you get is a, a T-shirt that says, I spent so much time in Vice City and all I got was a stupid <laughs> T-shirt for Tommy to wear. And so like that, like that, that game I remember I got Grand Theft Auto 3 first. I got Grand Theft Auto 3 first. And uh, I, I talked my mom into saying, like, oh, you're a cop. You stop bad guys. Like, I lied. I straight <laughs> lied about it. Because I was 14 when uh, GTA 3 came out. And uh, I would, every time I played GTA 3, Vice City, or San Andreas, I would, like, always play with, like, my door closed and the TV always. volume down. So, yeah, it uh, that's definitely up there as um I think it's one of the most Grand Theft Auto three is probably more I regarded as uh, the more influential video game. Uh, but Vice City is kind of where it redefined. And I know a lot of people, uh, they, they think the series peaked with San Andreas and that's a lot of people's favorite GTA, but mine is Vice City. And I just, I always grew up, I was born in 87. So I loved uh, my parents introduced me to eighties music and just that eighties vibe and feel to it. I loved the movie Scarface when I was young and just the, the cadence and the, and the, the, the imagery that that game has, it, you really do feel it gets very dated today. If you look at the graphics, but um, you do feel like you're in the eighties when you play that game. It's yeah. That's cool. Vice, Vice city is a great, a great, great, great game. Uh, I like three better just because I like the New York city kind of grimy, yeah. grungy. Atmosphere's better for sure. Like any, give me like, you know, grand theft auto three, as far as atmosphere goes, give me fallout three over new Vegas. As far as atmosphere goes, you know, they're just that grimy gritty. I do. I agree. I agree with what you're saying as far as the feel of it. Um, but that was one of the first video games too, that I think had such a star studded cast. 
Like you had Ray Liotta as Tommy Versetti. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember his name, but it was Tubbs from Crockett and Tubbs that played Lance Vance. And you had uh, um, Jenna Jameson was in that. Uh, yeah. she, for those that don't know who Jenna Jameson, she's just a very wholesome female actress. <laughs> <laughs> um, Burt Reynolds was in that. Um, Dennis Hopper. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. There's tons, tons of actors in in that in that game, and that that was just kind of cool. The, you just, we touched on video games being a cinematic experience. That that's definitely up there. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, the GTA games are are fantastic. Love them. I I, I really didn't like GTA Four. I I hated that game. I played about three hours, and the controls were just horrendous i mean i couldn't fucking control this guy to save my mm-hmm. life he was bumping into things i was i was over it i i played G- a lot of gta 5 though but four i couldn't i couldn't get i couldn't get behind that's mainly i'm you'll find as the podcast goes on i'm a i'm huge on controls if a game doesn't feel good for me to play i'm not having fun right. like i'm having zero fun so that that's a big that's a big non-starter for me. Part of the reason I had some issues with Red Dead, the controls they just feel like they haven't been updated in 15 years. You know, and, you play God of War and the game plays like butter. And you know, I think Red Dead had a little bit too. It was too realistic as far as gameplay controls go. Sure. It didn't feel like a video game. You felt like you were controlling an actual person. But I do see with what you're saying, Rockstar, they don't always have the best third-person controls as far as like when you look at other third-person action adventure games. Yeah, definitely not. All right, so it's my turn, right? Uh, Number three? Number three. Number three is, it's going to be a little bit of a cheat, but it's going to be Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. Make a little bit more on the 1 and a little little less on the 2 in certain areas. So I'll explain. Kingdom Hearts, I've always loved Disney. Uh, I've always been a Disney kid, grew up on the movies. I was born in 93. So, I mean, Lion King, Hercules, the golden age, as they call it, and I call it, uh, it was all of those films. I grew up watching them. So when Kingdom Hearts came out and I saw this weird looking guy that was with Donald and Goofy and this, I was, well, I was like, what is this? And the cover, the art for that, for Kingdom Hearts 1, I think it goes up all time for some of the best art for a video game and back then we didn't have the internet so cover art was so huge you had to have a cool cover or it wasn't gonna work no one was gonna buy your game unless you bought like game informer or you know nintendo life or or whatever the magazine was back then that i used to get which i would buy all those too however it captured me at the at the game store it was i don't know probably blockbuster let's say and i rented it and i played that thing non-stop i i rented it and then i bought it because i i realized i was probably gonna be doing the same thing i did with ninja turtles renting it over and over and over again so i might as well own it so i owned it i beat that thing inside out i did all the bosses all the special bosses i got all the key blades i did a a run where you use the og blade and i mean mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff i did all that i loved it it's weird and like jarring that all of these characters are together it's the story is a friggin' nightmare I mean, but I love it. I, I don't. I don't know why. I couldn't tell you. It's something about the charm that gets me. It's it's right. a freaking great game. Um, and two was really great. The story wasn't as good as one, but the combat in two is way better than it is in one. Uh, way, way, way better. Yeah, this is definitely a, a series that this is going to be your forte on because I have never. I tried to play. I think it was like the. God, those games have so many different names. And so many versions, like 2.5 HD Remix. I think that's the one I've tried to play to, right. to get into it. And I, you know, I love Disney and I, I grew up, I think I've never been a JRPG fan. Um, I do like, there are some like Final Fantasy uh, 6, 7, 9, 10. Um, I do like Final Fantasy games. So, you know, it being a Square Enix game, I was like, okay, I, these are the JRPGs that I do prefer if I had to play one. Uh, it just, I, it was just too much for me, man. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm like, who the fuck are you? What? And why is Donald Duck hanging out with this, <laughs> this, you know, this kid with this haircut? Like, I don't know. Like, all just, the criticisms about the game are right. They're all correct. Like if you say you don't like it because the characters and everything that you're right, that is that, <laughs> like, that, that's true. That is a hundred percent true and a fair criticism of the game. That's why I know that the games are not for everybody and everything else. But I mean, it has such a hardcore community 
and the people that play. I, I didn't like three. I'm I'm a little. Uh, I need to go back and play it through again. But I just the, the combat was so easy, and I thought some of the. I mean the the effects, the graphics, all that stuff, the animation is incredible. It, it literally looks like you're playing a Disney yeah, Pixar for sure. movie. Even it's on the incredible. PS2, even on the PS2, those cutscenes looked great. Yeah. And, and it was it was like playing through a weird Disney movie, you know, and uh, that part is still is still there in three. The final the final chapter there at the end is freaking convoluted all over the place. Um, but it's still great. Like it's it's a fantastic game. It's just not it's not in my opinion, I would play one and two over again before I played three. That's Fair just it's the way it is. All right, Joseph, I, your turn. I've, I've heard it's always a great game and I just wish I could have got a little bit more into it it just it does seem like one of those the people that love kingdom hearts they love some kingdom hearts like that's 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 their that's their shit you know i mean they're they they are addicted to that like that's like that's their crack so i i I totally respect that i just never the gameplay loop is is fantastic the combat feels great it's it's easy enough i mean a lot of people say it's too easy it it, it's easy but it's only easy because you first of all it's a game made for kids you know, the classic George Lucas thing when he talks about the prequels, which is, you know, a cop out. But he always says these are kids movies. They're kids movies. They're not supposed to be, you know, right. the most highbrow thing. So, yeah, the combat's a little easy, but there are fights in there that are Dark Souls like that you die in two hits. Oh, I've heard some of them. Some of those bosses are insanely hard. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. It's like, you know, Square Enix, they, they knew what they were doing when they partnered with Disney because they're like, hey, man, we're, these are going to sell like hotcakes. Mm-hmm. But 90% of the player base is never going to beat this game. Exactly. <laughs> it really is. It Yeah, there, there's a Sephiroth fight in there that is unbelievably difficult. Like he's his sword is, is like seven times the length of your Keyblade. So you have to wait for the perfect time to go in, punish, move away, fly away, heal. It's ridiculous. It's a it's a whole choreographed battle. It's awesome. It's great. That's awesome. Uh, so I was going to do something um, okay. to kind of help cull the not having the same games on our list. Because I know my number three, which used to be when I first played it, was my number one. Um, I'll just say what it was, and then I'll talk about another game. Okay, because I know. Well, I don't even want to say it because it's going to be on your list. Um, I'll when you say it, I'll just be like, "Yeah, that was that was my number three. Okay, so the number the number, the number three I replaced it with because this was an honorable mention. I talked about it earlier. Uh, Metal Gear Solid um, for the PlayStation. Uh, that game. I, I can't say enough good things about it. Uh, tactical espionage action directed by Hideo Kojima. Uh, a lot of people consider, you know, um, you know, he's he's totally a polar type figure uh, because people either think he's a genius and then they played things like Death Stranding and they think he's kind of crazy and just out there or maybe too into himself. I don't know. Uh, but that game that came out in 98, it was his... I, I still think that's the best game he's ever made uh, because there was nothing like it. He took a series that nobody knew what it was or heard of from uh, that wasn't even released. The real versions were not even released in the Americas. And uh, I think the first Metal Gear game was on the MSX in Japan. And so, I, you know, to, to take a series that continues the story of those games that never got released here is already bold enough to do. It's like, okay, who are these characters and why do we care? But they did flesh them all out and people did care. And it became one of the biggest video game series and franchises of all time. Um, it's a shame that the falling out with uh, Konami and Kojima happened because it means we'll never get another metal gear game probably ever. And if we do it, it won't be as good a quality. Um, but yeah, the, the boss fights, they, they were just so out off the wall and the, the characters themselves were just kind of outrageous, but you really did buy into this world that these guys are trying to take over the world and nuke, nuke the world. And, uh, you know, you had to stop them and, and to, to introduce when video games are all about fighting and shooting and killing this encouraged not engaging with every enemy. And, uh, I think the testament to that, and it had such great replay ability. You would unlock a stealth camo a bandana that gave you unlimited ammo. If you chose a different ending um, soundtrack was great. Like as far as like when the, the every type of um, if you were sneaking around, there was one type of music. If somebody saw you, there was a different 
And then when they were trying to locate you after you hid them, there was a different kind of music. So it really did make you feel tense. And then um, it all culminated with a really cool mech battle at the end of the game. And I, I love Metal Ooh, Gear. Spoilers. <laughs> oh, yeah, you do fight a Metal Gear at the end of the game. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, one of my favorite video games. It wasn't on my list. It kind of did. It was an honorable mention. Uh, but, but my number three, I think, may be your number one. And uh, that sounds about right. And so, uh, and it used to be my number one too. So I'm, I'm going to give you the glory on that to talk about it. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that's my number three, Metal Gear Solid. All right, so I'll go with my number two. So my number two is Uncharted 3. It, in my opinion, is better than it's 2. It's the best Uncharted. Yeah, I'd, it, I'd love that we both agree on that. It's it's so good. It is really well-paced from start to finish, which I think 2 has a little bit more of pacing issues than 3, in my opinion. It's not as, uh, I don't know, it's just it's a little slower in a certain sections. And I think the first time I played when, you know, when Drake crashes the, the plane and he's on in that desert and you it's just walk crazy. and, and you just walk parachuting. Yeah. When you're trying to hold on and like, yeah, uh-huh. and you're just walking through the Sahara and all that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's unreal. It's a, an amazing gaming moment and it's an amazing storytelling moment. And just to see Drake, just, he has nothing and he crashes this plane and he walks through the sand and passes out. It, it's incredible. It's incredible. And the it technically is a marvel for that system at the time. It looked incredible. I remember playing it in college and I just my I, you know, was around a bunch of people who weren't really gamers, but I'd I'd call them in a room. I'd be like, dude, oh, come in. I'm like, bro, you gotta look at this. And I'd call them in, I'd be like, dude, look at this fucking video game. Like, it is insane what they're doing here. It's 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 crazy. No one else is doing this. Those, the game, those set pieces too. Oh, it, it's, it's In the like, entire series. I mean, but yeah, three, I agree with you. Three is definitely the better game. Yeah. It's, it's playing an Indiana Jones film is what it is. And it, I love Indiana Jones. I love the whole, you know, gunslinger type adventure type character. And Nathan Drake is perfect. He's sarcastic. He's likable. He's Elena's great. The cast of characters are amazing. And the stories are really great in three specifically. I think it's, it's, it's the I, best uncharted story. I love how that game starts off um, with young Nate and, and really getting to how he met Sully. It felt very Indiana Jones to me. And like, like you said, you love Indiana Jones. I did too. Like when I was a kid, I loved superheroes. I love teenage mutant Ninja turtles, uh, but Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford was my, that was my superhero. Like I wanted to be Indiana Jones when I was a kid. And uh, there were some Indiana Jones games, but uncharted really made you feel like this. This is what this, this would feel like, you know, and uh, the testament to Naughty Dog and their set pieces throughout that entire series. It's- Naughty Dog did an incredible job with the Uncharted series. I liked Uncharted 4, Uncharted 2, obviously, is fantastic. I'm not taking anything away from either of those games, but 3 to me is special. It's just special for, sure. for reasons that are not necessary. You can't really put your finger on because it is more Uncharted, right? Uncharted 3 is very similar to Uncharted 2. The gameplay is very similar. The shooting is very similar, which I, a lot of people say, you know, the controls Naughty Dog games aren't the greatest and this and that. Sure, yes, but I mean, Nathan Drake I think the controls is fine. Yeah, I think so too. And they're fun. They're fun. I think it controls better than The Last of Us. Yes, it does. And and From with a gameplay good, perspective. Sure, yeah. And with good reason. It 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 relies so heavily on the shooting. And, mm-hmm. and The Last of Us doesn't necessarily, depending on how you play it, can or cannot. Right. Uh, so, you know, the one, you know, the one big criticism is, you you know, for Uncharted games is you walk from one shooting gallery to the next, but that's what I wanted. And I love that gameplay. Yeah, I, I think that's cool that you mentioned that. Not many people are in the same boat as us. There's a lot of people that uh, like two as the seminal end all be all Uncharted game, which is a great game. Um, in my opinion, I, I'm even worse off because I think it goes three, four, two, one. I like Three, four better than four, two. Four, two, one. Okay, I don't. I don't. I like two better than than four. And, and that's 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 totally fine. I just yeah, like I, I'm not hating on two. They, I think they're all like if it was a bar graph, it would be very, very, <laughs> right. very close. But right. yeah, yeah. Great, no, great I agree. For number two, anything else you want to say about Uncharted? Nope, that's about it. Okay, all right. Uh, my number two. And this was so hard for me to do because. I love high fantasy, like Game of Thrones, 
you know, I, one of my favorite book series, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called the legend of Drist. He's a character that's in the D and D universe. I love anything high fantasy related. Um, and I love all the elder scrolls games and I love Skyrim to death. But when this game came out, this company changed RPGs as we know them changed open world games, uh, of what they could be um, the scale, the scope, the size of the map, having in, as many NPCs on screen at a time, um, the dialogue choi- choices uh, you felt like you're having consequences. Um, my number two game is the Witcher three, the wild hunt and CD project red is, I think they're, they took that thrown away. Like I, you know, obsidian had it for a while and then um Bethesda kind of took it, but I think I think CD Projekt, and we'll see how Cyberpunk performs. They're they're the guys that when you want to know how an RPG is to be done, they they are the ones that are leading that charge. And I went back and I played uh, because I played three. You don't have to play the first two to really get into it. I it got me into that series. I had never heard of that series until um, because I I you know I was a PS2 gamer when the Xbox was out of the Xbox 360 a PS2 and PS3. So I never saw the Witcher two assassin of Kings when it came out. Um, it, they were kind of under the radar anyway. And I went back and I played one on PC and I loved it. And it still holds up to this day. It's, it's a little dated. The combat's horrible. Um, but the story is really good and it has those dialogue choices that you can make. And, uh, it's, it's totally, it's one of the best video games I've ever played in my life. Just the scope, the scale, um, you don't have to, that's the crazy thing about it. I never knew anything about this series and I really gave a shit about all these characters that they were introducing. I wanted to know more about Siri and Geralt and Yennefer. And, um, I'm just grateful that we're in a very Witcher friendly time with, uh, the, the Netflix series being out. Um, it was a little convoluted, but I think Henry Cavill is doing an amazing job. And I think that's a, I think it has potential to be really good tied people over for their game of Thrones itch. <laughs> yeah, right. That whole, yeah, you're right. That high fantasy type, right. uh, type, type thing. The Witcher is a great game. Witcher three is a great game. Uh, the controls were a little wonky for me when I played it. I played a decent amount. I got more than halfway through the story and I got, I think it was around time I was moving to New York or something like that. And I was, I was playing for a while and then I stopped and I haven't picked it back up. But uh, the, that was a game, too. I was frustrated with some of the controls sometimes. I was getting punished, and I didn't know why. Because I felt like I was you know, pressing the right button or doing something like that. But, I mean, not that it really matters. The story is is so good in The Witcher that I'll probably get back and finish it uh, should, during man. this quarantine. Because I know it's I know it's one of those games. And, you, I mean, you get the sense from when it starts that it's going to be one of those games. Mm-hmm. It, 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 you see in the first probably 35 minutes that it's it's a game that wants your time and deserves it. I mean and it's it's a technical marvel too like the fact that that thing I haven't played it but I've watched a lot of gameplay video on YouTube because I was contemplating buying it for the Switch but it, it even looks really good in a stable 30 FPS on the Nintendo Switch. Right. It, it's at 720p but and there's some of the textures have been uh descaled a little bit but for the most part it, it looks and runs really really well and um Man, I just I hope that this isn't all we see of The Witcher. Um, they, I think that they've already said that after Cyberpunk, they are working on another Witcher game, uh, which that's you know that's eight ten years away from now. <laughs> it'll it'll be I'll be there waiting when it comes out. So yeah, number two, The Witcher three, The Wild Hunt. Okay, all right, and now this is this is my number one, right? Yep. The all right, drum roll. My number one and most likely Joseph's number three is going to be The Last of Us. Yes. Yes. There's not enough good things to say. Like, you know, you can't, you can't put it into words. It's just an experience and it is one that deserves respect and time and a dark room with headphones because every part of that game is incredible. The gameplay, the way, you know, Sure. Everyone says it doesn't control great. You know, the shooting's weird. The shooting's bad. It's, it's, it's designed that way. It is designed that way so that you can't just, you know, shooting gallery your way through every single encounter, because if the shooting was better, that's what you would do. You would never touch any of the other weapons and you would never need to. So that's a good, I'm expecting- that's a good point. I've never heard anybody kind of, uh, 
defend the gameplay controls because I, I would say that's one of its weak points. But yeah, that, yeah. Uh, sorry and to interrupt, but yeah, no, you're fine. That's it is. That's the biggest criticism that people have, and I want to get that. I want to get it out of the way so I don't have to talk about it again because I think it is. Ta- everyone talks about the the shooting controls specifically. And they also talk about Ellie breaking cover sometimes. Oh, yeah, like, when you're trying to hide and sneak around. I've been playing it again recently, trying to get ready for the sequel. And it, yeah. I, I forgot about that. And I was sneaking through and Tess just runs right in front of me. And I'm like, we're trying to be quiet here. <laughs> yeah, there's, I mean, the, it, it's a good testament to the game, though. I was playing, I remember, and it was one of the early chapters and we're sneaking around or whatever. And Ellie runs out. And I just like, I screamed, I'm like, Ellie, no, you're going to give us away. Because uh, I was really, you know, trying to get through a, a, a section using stealth. And, and um, you know, so apart from the gameplay, the story from start to finish, the opening sequence, very famous. If you haven't played it, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. I'm going to talk about a little bit here and there. I'm not going to spoil the whole thing, but the first 10 minutes uh, where his daughter dies and in his arms, it's heartbreaking and you you kind of know it's coming from the start of the game from the way you know you the open, game opens and you're controlling her and you're looking for Joel and uh and then everything shit just hits the fan and from there it's it is a downhill fuck show of like death and destruction deceit and it, it's so good and it's so heavy and it's so well crafted and handled the material is just so well handled it's um, it it's I don't think there's been a video game that ever puts the player in a position to be like, okay, this is how this is gonna go. Buckle up. Yeah. And and you have to buckle up. You have to. Yeah, it, it the way it starts off is one of the best opening sequences in video game history. I think it's such an amazing cinematic experience and, and it hits pulls you right in the fills and i wasn't a father when i first played it but being a father now and i you know i i i viewed joel you know he's an anti-hero and uh, but the decisions that he makes throughout the course of that game I, I totally agree with everything that he kind of does you know what i mean yeah so he does it because he has to and that's right. one of the most powerful things he feels like he has to because of this world that they're living in they, they live in this world where it's it's cruel man you it's dog eat dog you it's survival of the fittest and that's why you run into these groups of people right and and they've formed groups because they have to they have to do it to survive or they won't and that's why the danger level is so high with joel and ellie it's two people and they're running through pittsburgh and they're running through boston and they're running through all these places seattle and you know that they're going to be outnumbered at every single turn whether it's the clickers the bloaters or the people I remember playing it the first time and thinking to myself, you know, okay, when is, when's somebody going to die here? And like, when's the main character, when's Joel going to die? And because it just seems like such an un- impossible task that they're trying to do. Um, it, and the relationship that they start to build, you see them start to get closer and you're like, oh man, it's coming, it's coming. And, uh, you know, when, spoilers, <laughs> Joel gets hurt. I did think, I did for a second when you start playing it, I was like, he's either dead or he's slowly dying somewhere. And just as Ellie's trying to work her way through the wilderness in the, in the snow and all that, um, I, I did get emotional because I was like, yep, I bet I play. I, I, I was like, okay, it's pulling a metal gear solid two. We're going to play the rest of the game as Ellie now. And, um, then you do end up controlling Joel again. And, and, and like my favorite part, like what I do now, when I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm playing through it again. Um, so when I get to that point in the remastered version, I'm going to stop and load up uh, Left Behind. Oh, okay. Uh, the DLC with uh, Ellie and her friend. Uh, I can't remember uh, the friend's I name. Remember I can't remember her name. But it, the, the, that DLC takes place right af- after Joel gets hurt is when she starts thinking about how she got bit and all these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's the only reason I did didn't put it on my number one. Like I said, you know, like people are like, that's your number three. And you named your daughter after one of the characters. <laughs> it's my favorite story in any video game. It's my favorite, uh, characters in any video game. It's just, as far as like games that I love to play, um, the gameplay is one of those things that holds me back on it, but it's such a masterpiece that I, 
I, I, and when I say gameplay, it's, it's not bad. It's by any means. Um, it's just not on the tier of some of the other games. It's not the gameplay isn't up with what my number one's going to be. Um, and that's, that's why, but it's, it's definitely, I agree with you putting a number one. It's one of the best video games ever made. And I hope everybody gets a chance to play it. And I cannot wait for the sequel. I'm, I mean, I don't, I, I'm so excited for the last of us Two. I know a bunch of leaks and things ruined and I haven't, I'm unspoiled. I'm going to remain unspoiled. I, all I know is, you know, there's backlash against, you know, people are like, I'm not going to buy the game now because I saw some of the spoilers and I don't like the way it's going. Well, tough shit. Yeah. Tough shit. You didn't, you, didn't, make the you, game. you didn't make the game and you haven't played it yet. Play yeah. the game. That play, is my biggest sit down and play the game. People, people judge something without playing it. Um, just like 99% of the people that dog on Call of Duty. And so I, that's just a game for bros. It's actually a really fun shooter. And, it's, and it I, I try to play, I've tried to play every Call of Duty campaign because I'd like military shooters in those campaigns. And some of them are better. Some of them are really bad. But, you know, it, it's I still I'm still going to play the game. You know what I mean? Right. Just, just if you're not going to play it, then shut the fuck up and let it go. Right. I agree. And and we'll see when The Last of Us 2 comes out. I'm sure we'll talk about it pretty in depth. Oh, we'll yeah. Do, we'll, we'll definitely probably do the uh, in review and the spoiler spoiler cast and all that for sure. I um, can't wait to get my hands on that game. I mean, it's going to come out at midnight and I'm going to be. Um, oh, we're, I, we're, I, we can both like I said, what we should do is just load it up right at the same time and just start playing and be like, did you see that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, for real. We'll, we'll Zoom call each other and play through right. it. Oh, my um, God. Great pick. Uh, definitely one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, just because it's my number three doesn't mean I don't love it just as much as my other kids. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> They're all family. My number one video game, favorite video game of all time. I got it in 2018 as a gift from my wife when it came out. Um, I was always a fan of this series. And when I heard this was coming out, I was like, oh, okay. They're making a fourth one, whatever. And I saw the E3 trailer. And I was like, okay, well, this is different. The main main protagonist isn't yelling and screaming all the time. He seems more sullen and quiet. And maybe it's because I do love The Last of Us so much that I love this game so much because it is another game where you are escorting somebody throughout the entire game. But uh, 2018's Sony Santa Monica's God of War is my favorite video game I have ever played. And I it was my first platinum trophy. I I can't describe the feelings that that game gave me playing it. Uh, I, I, I was just, I had to play more of it. I had to beat it. I had to beat the story I wanted to, and I wanted to hundred percent every area I beat. I platinum that game without a guide. The only guy, I mean, I did use a guide to look up Odin's Ravens uh, that you have to like a collectible um, to just find those. But for the most part, I beat that entire game without looking up anything. Um, it has one of the, in my opinion, I have beaten every souls game. There is a boss fight in this game that is harder than any Souls boss fight I've ever played. Uh, the Queen of the Valkyries, when you unlock that, it is just, I played it 20 some odd times on normal. And I was like, okay, I'm, fuck it. It doesn't count against the Platinum. I cranked it down to easy. And I fought that boss 20 some odd more times on easy. Wow. And it, it was just so rough to to try and beat her and try to, you know, match the combos. But from a story perspective, uh, God of War takes place in the Norse, uh, North Norse myth, mythological setting. Um, you still play as Kratos, the God of War from Athens, Greece, and uh, who has a child now, a little boy who uh, goes to on a trek with his son to spread their spoilers, mother's ashes. Yep. Um, and to me, uh, Greg Miller tweeted, or he may have talked about it on their kind of funny games cast once uh that it has the best superhero fight he's ever seen and it's the first fight the first real boss fight and you'll know what i'm talking about if you played it it's the it's the first boss fight <sighs> my favorite game and i can't even think about it. <laughs> it's uh the main antagonist the name. main he uh his name is it's um, Thor's brother <laughs> yep uh God, I, I it's been I, so here's the i thing. haven't I played it for a game and i haven't played it since i've had i played it once I platinum. I finished the story. I platinumed it. 
I haven't done New Game Plus yet. And that's how, how much that game meant to me. Like, I played it one time, and it's the best video game I've ever played. Uh, the best graphics on the PlayStation, in my opinion. It's up there with Horizon, and I'm oh, sure yeah. Last of Us 2 is going to be beautiful as well, and Ghost of Tsushima, but it's just a gorgeous game. And it runs at a pretty stable frame rate. I played in the performance mode, so I could get close to 60 FPS out of it. And just phenomenal gameplay. The 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 axe is one of the best weapons i've ever, ever played within a video game like it has ever, feel. Ever, when that ever. button you press to recall the axe to your hand when it hits you you're like, you you feel like you have that axe in your hand and um i think as as men we always want to try to be the tough badass heroes to protect the people we love and you get to play that out in this game and it's just just a phenomenal game i can't say enough uh, Corey barlog is an incredible genius i think I, as much as we talk about Naughty Dog and everything that's going on with them, um, how highly regarded they are, but in my opinion, um, Sony Santa Monica might be Sony's best first-party studio right now, especially with all the poor labor practices that are in the news for Naughty Dog and things like that. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes there. I don't know how much of it's true and not, but I watched the doc. Have you seen the documentary? Of yes, I watched Battle the documentary. War? Yep that that was another reason i was just like that's why i love it yeah. and it's it's just that studio they've they've got something special and i can't wait to see what else they i i want that studio to make a different game and take me uh, on a yeah. different journey i can't wait for the sequel to that god of war but i i'm excited to see what the future can hold for sony santa monica which was a studio that was dying they were on the cusp almost yeah, almost down. dead and uh but yeah that's uh those are my top five games those are kevin's top five games uh i think we had a pretty decent first episode, wouldn't you say? Yeah, first first crack at it seems pretty good. This is who we are. Um, we are remote gaming podcast, so which we didn't even explain why we are remote gaming. What's uh, like Kevin had mentioned, we play we play video games with each other for years. Uh, remotely, Kevin, yeah, remotely. <laughs> uh, Kevin lives in Florida, yep. and I live in Texas, and we're just a couple of friends playing video games across the globe, drinking some beers and America. playing some games. For sure. <laughs> uh, I hope you guys liked everything you heard. Uh, be sure to subscribe to us. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, you have any questions, comments, or anything that you'd like to tell us uh, going forward? Uh, remote gaming at, or excuse me, remote gaming podcast at gmail.com. Yep. Uh, I'm just up King. on Twitter. Twitter works yeah. too. Yeah, if Twitter, you have Twitter questions, there, I, throw, throw the Twitter out there. Remote gaming 20 on remote Twitter. Underscore gaming. Oh, it's 20. underscore. Okay. Yeah, uh, remote gaming was taken for some reason, but there is no remote gaming podcast. We did look that up. We are the only ones. So we can say <laughs> we are the best exactly. remote gaming podcast. So we, we hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I'm Joseph King. I'm Kevin Corkum. And we will see you guys next week. Later. Later.